It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, no, no big news for the Reds as far as signings go, but we have an eye for the future. We're looking at prospects with Aram Layton. Actually began this chat on yesterday's episode, but it was more of a teaser than anything. Sorry, didn't mean to uh, get you all teased up and then only give you a couple of minutes, but we're going to finish the conversation today. This episode is chock full of information, looking more at Nick Lodolo, a little bit more with him, then also looking at Austin Hendrick, Jonathan India, and a couple of names to look for that you're not already hearing. Aram's got a lot of great information for us here on today's Locked On Reds, Locked On MOB Prospects crossover. Before we get into all of that, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss anything. We've got an awesome bounce back and breakout episode coming next week with Clay Snowden. We're going to be talking about some names to look for in 2021. This is an episode with an eye of the future here with the prospects. And then next week, we've got an eye on 2021 with some major leaguers who can make an impact in 2021. So you're not going to miss that. Hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Also, check out the Lockdown Reds website, LockdownReds.com. We've got the blog, all of Clay's bounce back and breakout candidates, as well as some other stuff that I like to put in there from time to time. All right, we pick up the conversation with me and Aram whenever I'm talking about the idea of a pitcher developing by being brought up and given some bullpen action and kind of how that affects them. And then we're going to go from there. What kind of value do you see in a team, and not even just the Reds, but any team, bringing up a guy who projects as a starter, but maybe plugs them in the bullpen first? Is that something that will kind of mess with their development, or is that a solid strategy? You know, it's that's a really good question, and, and I think it's dependent on the pitcher, right? Because when we look at a guy like Lodolo, I think it, it – wouldn't really affect him negatively because I think he already has really good command. Mm-hmm. When you look at a guy like Crochet, you, know, you want to see Garrett Crochet, for example, get used to making starts. I mean, they fast-tracked him because he could help them make the White Sox make a playoff run, and, and he did out of the bullpen. But if we're talking about this year right now, like would, would Garrett Crochet be better off in the bullpen for the White Sox, where I think he would actually be solid, or would he be better off pitching in the minor leagues as a starter? It would be the latter because you're hoping that he's going to be a starter for you. And right now, Crochet needs to find a secondary pitch. He needs to be able to command multiple pitches for a strike and sustain velocity deeper into starts. For Lodolo, 
you know, I don't see as much of a question around that, right? Like he already has an above average fastball. He already has an above average slider. I like his changeup as an above average pitch too. Would I like to see one of those pitches take a jump to plus? Sure. And I think the slider can, and I think the fastball can. So at this point, three pitches for a strike, he already has above average control or command and probably plus command from what we've seen. This guy, you know, he wouldn't be hurt, I don't think, from going to the bullpen if the Reds really needed him at that moment. But I think at this point, uh, the Reds, depending on how the season goes, you start Lodolo off in the minors, see how he's doing, and then go from there. But he's the type of candidate where I don't think anything would really affect his development because right now he's just trying to find that second-plus pitch, the command and the sustainability of velocity and all of those things. Uh, I don't see too many question marks around that. That's one thing I I always think about because the Reds did that with Aroldis Chapman. He he at least was said to be on the track to be a starter, and then whenever they brought him up in the bullpen, he he never left, and he always stayed there. And then he got to the point where he was comfortable enough, and and I, that's one of those things I kind of have shell shock about. So I I'm with you though. Like the little bit that I've gotten to see of Lodolo, he he looks like a really solid dude. Um, when we look at what the Reds, you, you meant, we talked about the trade rumors. The R word has come up. Uh, it's something that the Reds tried to do for about six years and completely failed at, and that is rebuild. And then people always say, well, what are you rebuilding to if you haven't really had success recently? But when you look at this farm system right now, you mentioned that they need to get bats. Are there... Uh, let's set the over under at four and a half total, like pitchers or hitters. Are there four and a half guys over or under that would be up in the next year or two? Or if the R word does come up in 2021, are we looking at another extended period before any sort of prospects are making a meaningful, uh, meaningful contribution in the majors? Well, let me answer your question with a question real quick. Do we consider Tyler Stevenson a prospect still? I don't, because I think he should absolutely be in the major leagues at the beginning of the season, and I think he should be their number one catcher by the end of it. So I I don't think so. So if we're not including Tyler Stevenson, I'm taking the the under on impact prospects that would be you know coming up in the next year or two. I think Lodolo would be one where I would definitely expect him to be up you know in the next two years, and then Jonathan India will be up, and that's going to just kind of be one of those situations where you know even if he's not letting the world on fire. You know, he, he had a pretty good stretch in double A there where I think he started to put it together. And it's it's a shame that he didn't get to roll that into 2020 because of, you know, everything that happened. But I, I thought he really started to look a lot better in double uh, A where he started walking more. He had a good approach. He wasn't quite hitting for as much power and really hasn't. That's been the question with him in in professional baseball so far is, you know, where's that power been? And it was really a one year breakout at UF where he really showed that power. But he showed he's shown the ability to hit now and has gotten better and better. And he gets on base. And I think that's a guy that, you know what, if you have one opening in your lineup, you plug him in in the six or seven hole and you're getting a steady hitter that's going to give you good at bats. It's going to get on base. Is it the type of third base production you would want? Probably not. But you never know. Some guys, they have it just click for them power wise in the major leagues. And we know that Jonathan India has it in him somewhere. It's just right now, 
he's just not been able to tap into it quite at the professional level. He only has 17 home runs in 165 games, which is you know surprising, but he's been able to get on base. So with him, you know, I think he he gets up to the major leagues, and if you're not looking to re- rebuild yet, he can help your offense if there's a hole in, in the lineup. At- at that point or there's an injury Lodolo undoubtedly would help that rotation immensely and it's already a pretty darn good one uh when everybody's healthy so you know I I think when I look at it from this way the the farm system you know it 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 needs a lot of work if you're really going to be entering a rebuild you're going to have to tear it all down to really make a difference with the farm system that's why I think at this point the Reds are probably better off just sticking with it and hoping they draft well you could trade a couple pieces here and there that you don't see as part of the long-term future to, to boost your farm system. But I think if you play international free agency right and you draft well, then things should work out and, and you can boost this this system. I mean, look at Austin Hendrick. He's already probably the number two prospect or three prospect in the system. Sure. And if he gets off to a hot start, you know, that already gets you know, makes the outlook much better long-term. You just got to draft well, I think. And I, don't, I know that people like – to get nervous a little bit about having a weak system, but the Reds at the top are really good. I, I think they're a good major league team that underachieved last year. And as a farm system guy myself, like obviously I'm always going to err on the side of prospects. I think this farm system needs too much work depth wise to, to the point where a rebuild would just, would just take a while. And I think they should just try and go all in here and roll with what they've got. And at least the reinforcements of India and Lodolo could be there in the next year or two. Um, if they wanted to keep it together. We've talked about India a little bit. He is a guy that depending on who you're reading, there are people that are super low on him. There are people that are pretty high on him and, and they're, maybe not third base, but there is at least some opportunity for him at the major league level, especially within the next couple of years. And some people are starting to look at maybe he can make the move to first base because there is no bona fide first base prospect on this team or on this farm system, unless you look at moving a guy. And some people have thought about Jonathan India is what does he have to do in 2021? almost said 2020. That, that year's past. It, it's just stuck on my mind. I don't know why. Uh, but what does he have to do in the year 2021 to quiet the haters, to at least poke through the cloud that has surrounded him because of that lack of power that you mentioned? Yeah, you know, there's a few different ways that you can look at that. I, I think with India, and this would be a leap of faith, I'd have to see him there because I do think he moves actually decently well for a third baseman. Maybe he could make the move to second ultimately, okay. you know, and, and at that point is, is he not as much having the pressure of hitting for power you know, that that would be maybe a better opportunity for him. I don't know if he can do it. You know, it's not everybody can just go from third to second, but I look at a Michael Chavis and it worked for him. Is he a good defensive second baseman? No, I think India could actually be better defensively. Uh, I think for India, you know, he's going to have to, like you said, hit for that power to really prove that. But to go back to what you initially opened with. I can see why people are disappointed in India, but I think something that we that is important to contextualize, and and I think this is something that we tend to uh, hold against guys is in relation to where he was drafted. Is he am I, should everybody be low on India? Of course, because if you redraft, he should not have gone fifth overall, right? right. But that doesn't mean that he is not a decent prospect. We've got some more about Jonathan India and a couple of names that you're not already aware of that Arm brings up, some guys to look out for in the Reds farm system 
coming up in just a minute. But before we get into all of that, you guys have got to try Built Bar. If you already have not done so, use this promo code Locked On. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 20% off your next order. I'm talking about Built Bar that is a protein bar, and you're immediately thinking, oh, whatever, protein bars suck. They're chalky. They don't have any taste. Built Bar's not that way. Built Bar took protein bars and made them taste like candy bars, but retained the healthy stats of a protein bar. They've got four grams of net carbs. They've got 17 grams of protein, and they've got amazing flavors, too. We're not talking about just some basic stuff. You've got peanut butter brownie. There's mint chocolate brownie, German chocolate cake. There's cherry barcia, my favorite, and you've also got things like cookies and cream and fruit flavors as well. Check them out at BuiltBar.com. I'm telling you, you're going to love them. They've got my endorsement. When it comes to snack food, I know just about as much about snack food as anyone could possibly know, and Built Bar is one of the best options out there. BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Also, head over to rockauto.com to get all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you're checking out, in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On. Look, Rock Auto's been doing this for a while. They know exactly how to get the part for your car to your door. You don't have to get out to the brick-and-mortar store and pay their upcharge or whatever it is that they've got going on because... When you look at Rock Auto, they've got reliably low prices on all of those parts. And they've got an amazing interface, a way to find those parts in case that you're not, you know, exactly mechanically inclined. You can go to rockauto.com, click on your brand of car, find your make, find your model, and they're going to have a drop-down list of every single part for your car. Do you need a light? They've got it. Do you need a brake? They've got it. Shocks, struts, everything. Check them out. Rock Auto. Dot com And when you're in the checkout section, in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. That's rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. And before we jump back into uh, looking at Jonathan India, I wanted to let you know, hit up Locked On today. That way you are in the know of every big sports story going on each day. Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski, host of the Locked On Packers podcast, is the brand new podcast by Locked On, looking at all of the big news in the sporting world. Check him out wherever you get the Locked On Reds podcast. You can find Locked On Today. Is he not good relative to where he was drafted? Yeah, that's that's true. But he is still a very solid prospect. He's not like this guy's been absolutely atrocious. And like I said, he actually had his best stretch in double A. He still looks like a guy that can contribute at the major league level. Will he be a game changer? No, but he, he's gotten on base at a 370 clip in his professional career. Uh, and, you know, the, the slugging at 410, that's a concern. But I'll err on the side of, okay, he needs to figure out how to hit for some power, but if he doesn't and he can get on base at a 350 clip at the major league level, then there's value there. He plays average defense. If he can play second base, then there's not as much pressure on the power. But I think when you go into this year, I would hope for some swing adjustments for India, try to generate some more leverage, hit the ball in the air a bit more and see if that works for him. But, you know, we'll see in triple A. Because as we know, they use the Major League Baseballs in AAA, and that tends to bode well for some guys that are looking to hit for a little bit extra power. I mean, India really only has to hit 20 home runs with how much he gets on base to 
anchor a corner infield type of production. So I don't think it's that far-fetched. And all of a sudden, if India is hitting 20 home runs with the rest of his slash line and what he's able to do, he's not really that disappointing. I think people are being a little bit too hard on him, and it's because of where he was drafted. It's interesting because talking about those stat numbers, like just around 20 with good on base percentage and, you know, depending on where he'd be put in the lineup, probably decent amount of RBIs. I'm remembering a first baseman that wore the number 21 that was one of my favorite players growing up, and that's Sean Casey. And if you're telling me we got Sean Casey, maybe, hopefully, down the line, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so we, we, we talked about India. We've talked about Lodola. We've talked about Hendrick. When we're looking at some guys, and you mentioned this, uh, probably the best course of action for the Reds would be to keep plugging through and keep contending and things like that. Are there some guys in this farm system that you see that would have more value as trade pieces than as the Reds waiting on them to come up to the majors? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. I mean, if they wanted to go the complete opposite way, uh, that's that's a tough spot, right? Because you also don't want to fully mortgage the future. I mean, you know, right. the, the untouchables are obvious here, right? You know, Nick Lodolo's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Hunter Green is untouchable. And, and that's the guy, too, that I think will totally change things for this system when we look at the long-term outlook. Hunter Green has a 97 to, to 102 range on the fastball before the injury. <laughs> he has a good feel for other pitches. Like, that's a guy, like I said, that would be a top 50 prospect or better uh, once he's healthy. Uh, and I think he will be healthy this year. Austin Hendrick, untouchable. So when you go outside of those untouchable guys, let's say India has a good stretch this year. Maybe that's the guy you deal. Uh, what can India get you? I don't know. And that's where the question is too. But if you have India and package in you know, some of the other high upside guys that are younger in the system, then maybe you, you can go get something. But I think at that point, it's it's the, the Reds kind of have their hands tied where they're kind of stuck in this in-between spot. And that's where they're going to have to figure things out. I will say I like Tyler Stevenson so much that – Maybe a guy like Jackson Miller uh, could end up being uh, an early trade piece. As we're seeing so many teams trade guys that they just drafted, which is a bizarre thing to me. But Jackson Miller, I think, was a steal uh, for the Reds in 2020, 65th overall. I, I really liked him out of the draft. They gave him first round money, essentially, to sign him away from uh, Wake Forest. High school catchers notoriously don't pan out. So if you wanted to you know, bet on that and bet on the side of, of history, then maybe a package of Jackson Miller and a Jonathan India and that could get you a piece. Uh, that would probably be one of the more likely scenarios because, again, if you trade Reese Hines and he ends up tapping into that power even a little bit, you'll be kicking yourself like the Marlins were when they traded Luis Castillo. So I right. think Jackson Miller and Jonathan India would be the two guys that I would most realistically package. Um, I don't think Alfredo Rodriguez has that much value anymore, but he is a shortstop that can swing it a little bit. Uh, outside of those guys, you know, it, it's going to be tough to, to find that value there. But I, I do see some value in trading a catcher out of high school just based on the history and a Jonathan India if he gets off to a good start this year. But again, that would go back to what do you need if you're the Reds? What are you looking for? And would that be able to get you what you need? So you have mentioned Reese Hines a couple of times. Like it, like you said, he's a guy that's really come into the view of Reds fans and of fans that keep up with prospects and things like that. Who are some names that people aren't looking at right now but could make a little bit of noise, at least get into um, the know 
when it comes to the Reds prospect system. Yeah, I mean, there there's one guy that, you know, I, I could see really struggling or I could see becoming a lights out back end, you know, bullpen arm that could climb really quickly for the Reds, and that's Joe Boyle. Uh, I got a chance to see Joe Boyle quite a bit in the Cape League and uh, I mean, Joe Boyle throws the ball as hard as anybody you're going to find. He's 6'7", 240 pounds. He was a fifth-round pick this past year, and he runs it up to 103. I mean, th- this guy, when he throws the ball, he spins it, and it looks like it's even harder than 103. And a lot of guys in the Cape League were, were really struggling to, to hit off of Joe Boyle. He was When he was on, I mean, he was unhittable. But just like a lot of guys that are 6'7 and throw the ball hard, they struggle with command. And he walked 13 batters and I think it was like eight and a third innings into the 2020 season, which hurt his stock because I think before that, what he did in the Cape, uh, I think it was in just under 30 innings in the Cape, he probably could have uh, been a third round guy or better. Uh, that struggle with command kind of made it seem like a step back. If he gets into the right hands in the Reds development system, he gets the right pitching coach that can really help him. That's such a common thing with tall pitchers that really struggle to repeat their mechanics because they're just so long. If Boyle can even figure it out to the degree where he's just a good back end bullpen arm, then you know that's a that's a really exciting piece that you just got in the fifth round of a five round draft, right? So 143rd overall, one of the last picks of the draft, and you get that guy. That's a high upside opportunity, but also he could be somebody that you know, really flames out. So we'll see what happens. But 80 grade fastball, you know, I'll take my chances. And I think he's worth watching here as a guy that you know could end up being pretty exciting to watch. He's definitely a dude I'm going to mark down now. 103. That that's uh, pretty good. And six seven two forty. That good lord, that guy's tall. Who is uh, name for 2022? And I, Hunter Green is definitely out there as well. But who's a name for 2022 that maybe we haven't talked about? Is like a is a Tony Santion going to be ready or some other guy like that? Yeah, I honestly think Tony Santion he, he's got to be ready. At, yeah. Like this is 23 years old now. I, I still think he can figure it out. I really do. I, I think he's got good enough stuff to be a back end of the rotation arm. It's surprising that he doesn't get more strikeouts with the fact that he has, you know, a, a pretty much a plus fastball and a pretty good slider and a pretty good changeup. You know, and you pair that with some decent command, you kind of wonder why he's not able to get more strikeouts. But with guys like this and what we're seeing across the game so much now, and this is why I'll never count guys out that have those three solid pitches is that like look at Joe Musgrove. And Musgrove, I just talked about him on the last Locked On MLB Prospects pod. Like he, he was 28 years old and was a very average major league pitcher for four years. And then all of a sudden, he finds this curveball. He, he had thrown the curveball a little bit, but he finds a way to throw it better. Uh, ups the spin rate by like 200 RPMs in this, you know, this world of spin rate right now. And it added a ton of break, and it was a more of a 12-6 break to it. And he threw it 20% of the time this past year. He only gave up one hit when he threw that pitch. And almost everybody swung and missed against it. Lefties where he struggled against were 0 for 15 with like 12Ks or something like that. Oh. So the point is like it's never too late for the guys that have – already pretty solid baseline stuff. And I think right now Santian is more like that average looking back end guy like Musgrove was, but Musgrove's numbers were fantastic in this past season. Some people don't like to buy on the small sample size, but when you look at the tangible adjustment, the fact that he actually had a new pitch and it worked for him, you know, that's where I think you could see something like that happen with Santian. And it really just takes that one little tweak or that one little adjustment to 
one of his other pitches, that could change things for him. I think the fastball is solid that he works off of, can reach 97, but he doesn't quite have that second plus pitch. They're both above average, the changeup and the slider. And if he can find one of those pitches, I'd, say, I'd assume it's more likely the slider to just become a plus pitch. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, this guy might be more of a middle of the rotation arm. I'm not counting him out yet. He's a big dude, easy velo. Uh, he just has to have that one kind of click moment for him and have that one pitch that takes the next step. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he might be a, a diamond in the rough for this team. So I, that's why I don't like to cut guys, you know, out here and try to put a ceiling on them because just because he wasn't great in double A back in 2019 doesn't mean he won't put it together you know this coming year and, and maybe in this COVID year he, he found that pitch I mean that's what happened with a lot of different guys where they just were throwing pitches in this COVID year a lot of different prospects I talked to on the show said this was just a chance for me to keep throwing pitches and keep throwing pitches and find it and that's what Devin Williams attributes the change up to was just being able to throw it and throw it and throw it uh, in the time off and it worked out for him so you never know I'm looking forward to seeing his development this year as many others and Aaron, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much for coming on and talking some prospects with us. You can find them on the Locked On Marlins podcast, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Where can they find you on social? Uh, you can find me at Nate on Twitter, and I'll be uh, talking a lot about the trades coming up. Hopefully the Reds aren't making any, but if they do, uh, I'll have a full breakdown on them. I do it on every single deal that goes down, and uh, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to see uh, who might get called up, and uh, you can always keep up with me there. But I appreciate you having me on, and uh, looking forward to hopefully doing this again soon, whether it's around draft time or maybe when uh, somebody makes their debut. Absolutely, RM. I've got to have you on. Hopefully, uh, it'll be when the Reds trade prospects for an, an epic dude, but uh, maybe have you talk me off the ledge if it's the other way around. So, Sounds good. I've been selling a lot of different people, a lot of different hosts on the returns they got, so uh, <laughs> I can do the same for you. All right, so you've got reactions, you've got comments, you've got some thoughts, whether it's about prospects or what's going on with the Reds right now, let me know on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159, because tomorrow's episode is going to be all that. We've got a whole bunch to get to. I've got a lot of questions, a lot of comments, lots of things we're going to be talking about on tomorrow's episode that's going to basically just be some Jeff's junk mail. So you're not going to want to miss that. Also, like I mentioned, next week we've got Clay Snowden coming on, and we're going to be talking bounce backs and breakouts ahead of this spring training that's not too far away. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to my chat with RM Layton from Locked On MLB Prospects. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will talk with you tomorrow. Let's go Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.